chut chut, and welcome to Tuscan Radio. My name is Drew Gretsch, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, but for all of you listening, happy Disney Plus Day. Um, yeah, so as I said, I'm recording this on Wednesday, because I know that come Friday, there's going to be a lot of podcasting to do. So, with all the new Marvel and Star Wars trailers for upcoming shows. So, I'm getting this podcast recorded sooner, and I'm also recording the... Um, Amazing Spider-Man review a bit sooner. So for uh, in, another Marvel podcast. So both of these actually should be out at the same time on Friday morning. So if this is out, that's out. But anyway, uh, again, I'm recording this about 4 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday, November 10th. And there's only like one piece of news since the last episode. Um, and I'm not going to go into eternal spoilers right now. It's only been a week since the movie's been out. Uh, as of this podcast releasing. Um, but I think I talked a little of a few weeks ago. I talked a few weeks ago about Eternals director Chloe Zhao. At least I think I talked about this on the podcast. I might have been talking about this with a friend of mine. Um, but Chloe Zhao saying two things in an interview. She said uh, that she loved working with Kevin Feige on e- on Marvel's Eternals, and that she would love to do a Star Wars film. Now, though, and, and that she loves to do a Star Wars film. Now, those two things were not in the same sentence; that they were spread around in the interview a bit. Um, and I'm like, you know, we heard back in January that Michael Waldron, the r- writer for Loki's first season. Now, Loki is my favorite of the Marvel Disney Plus shows so far. And, yeah, so I love that series so, so much. And we heard that Waldron had signed on on for a deal to write Loki Season 2 for Marvel on Disney Plus. And then also to write Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. So, of course, Feige's... producing he's not directing which i'm assuming it's his story i'm assuming that it's his story so we have michael waldron from loki and the upcoming doctor strange 2 he's writing and then producing is kevin feige who's done a masterful job of crafting the mcu and i feel like he's sort of given some advice to dave filoni and john favreau on like building out the mandalorian series but i said it would be very interesting you know what if chloe zhao directs this movie. What if Chloe Zhao directs this Star Wars movie? And it looks like that's what's happening. It, it, it looks very likely that Chloe, and uh, we've actually heard, like yesterday was like, she's close to signing on. And now we've heard that, like, she has signed on to direct this movie. Now, now this movie's probably coming out in 2027. So, to be clear, with the new release schedule, uh, and another piece of news that we're going to get to is um, the 2023 movie. Because it's not Rogue Squadron anymore. Rogue Squadron will, will absolutely not be released in two years. Um, but there are rumors, like, so, 
this movie, the this twenty twenty three movie is gonna be set long before. Um, it's gonna be either an old republic movie or a high republic movie. So there's gonna be either that. Let's just call it an old republic movie. In twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four is gonna be Rogue Squadron. Twenty twenty five is gonna be Taika Waititi's movie, and twenty twenty seven is gonna be the Kevin Feige movie. Twenty twenty six. There's still nothing set for that. I believe that's Avatar 4. Because <laughs> remember, they were going to switch off. I'm assuming now that Avatar is going to move to some other time of the year. Um, so that Star Wars can continue its December spot. Um, but, you know, maybe what we see happen is Avatar just, like, moves to, like, sometime in the summer. And I think I've I've said this on the podcast before. And then and the reason I say that is because like a lot of things that I say on the podcast or stuff I also talk about with friends and things. So it's like I can't remember what I said when. All I know is that I've said this before. Um you know, I could see, you know, it's very possible that maybe 2026 is the first of the Ryan Johnson movies. Because we know that he's at least writing and directing the first movie. He keeps saying that he's still working on his trilogy. He keeps saying that he's still working on his trilogy. Um, because right now, you know, he's in post-production on Knives Out 2. And in pre-production on Knives Out 3, both with Netflix. And I'll say, I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Knives Out is an amazing film. Knives Out is absolutely incredible. It's an incredible film. And, and this is something I've also said a lot about Ryan Johnson and coming as someone, I'm saying this now as someone who likes The Last Jedi is Ryan Johnson's a great filmmaker. Ryan Johnson's a great filmmaker and the time for a Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie would have come. Because of, cause it's sort of the same thing with Eternals that we're seeing right now. And again, I'm not going to get into spoilers for Eternals. But Chloe Zhao has made it a, a very different kind of Marvel movie. Where it feels like a Chloe Zhao movie. It feels like Nomadland. And Nomadland's fantastic. If you guys maybe didn't like Eternals as much. Because you maybe don't like how she really fits into like the overall mold of the MCU. And that is something I'm kind of worried about with uh, if, if she's directing the Star Wars movie. But I mean... It'll be Feige producing. It'll be um, Michael Waldron writing it. And I loved the writing in Loki. I think that's one of the... I I think that's a show that's, like, really easy. Like, it's so complicated. It's such a complicated series. But I feel like if... I feel like they made it as simple as possible. Um, Not for us uh, hardcore fans, but, you know. And... Ryan Johnson, I feel, made a Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie. Where I feel like Ron Howard, who did Solo, made a Star Wars heist movie. You know, he, I don't feel like Ron H- Howard made a Ron Howard movie with Solo. If that makes sense at all. Um, I feel like J.J. Abrams, and we'll get to more of this in the show because we're going to be reviewing The Force Awakens this week. As much as I love The Force Awakens... It just kind of feels like an average Star Wars movie. Like, there's, like, of the new movies, of these five Disney movies, 
And you guys know Rogue One's my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Rogue One's my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. The, the, the Last Jedi is the one that feels most different. And I think that there's a time and place for a movie like that in Star Wars. I just don't really... Ne- I don't necessarily know that that's, you know, The Last Jedi. With where the franchise needed to be at that point, I don't think that's what that needed to be. But, you know, having those sort of twists and and ideas are really great. But maybe when it's, you know, not Luke Skywalker... If if that makes sense at all to you guys, um, so Chloe Zhao directing a Star Wars movie. I really lo- love this idea. I really love this idea, and as as much, it, and I'm gonna say this right now, Eternals is probably the most disappointing movie I've ever seen. Is it the worst movie I've ever seen? No. It's not the worst movie I've I've ever seen. Not by a long shot. But it is without a doubt the most disappointing. And, you know, it's probably... Eternals is probably a movie that I'll, like... That I'll, like, grow more and more into once I, once I know this movie really well on Disney+. Because with the MCU, like Star Wars... Even the movies I don't necessarily like, I feel, I, I, I feel an, an obligation to know them, inside and out, you know. So I feel I, I will come around on, on Eternals. It's just right now I was so excited for this movie, and it just disappointed me. It just disappointed me. Um, I won't get into specifics here. It has nothing to do with the, the quote unquote wokeness. Which I, I hate that word wokeness. I, I, I think that I think that that's just used by people who want things to say the same. Uh, you don't hear p- people who like actually want diversity and inclusion and representation in cinema and, t- and TV. You don't hear them use the word woke. Okay, so I, I just hate that term woke. Um, but my disappointment with Eternals lies solely in the modern-day storyline. Not the stuff in the past. I think the stuff in the past is great, but it's the modern-day stuff that's really convoluted. And it just it's, it's a Marvel movie that doesn't really have the fun. And it's also a Marvel movie where I really think, like, the big fight scenes hurt the movie because the fight scenes don't, I think, need to be in the movie at all. And if you've seen Eternals, you can go and listen to my full review over on Into the Marvel Podcast and I'll get much more into details there, but it, um, I just feel like the fight scenes, I didn't like them at all. And if you cut them out, you cut about a half hour at least out of the movie. And that makes it a good, like two hours and seven minutes, you know, it's a much more watchable movie then. But anyway, as uh, I still think that Chloe Zhao is a great director and I think that she can make a really great Star Wars movie. Because I feel like Star Wars is sort of a different thing because there's a lot of jumping around. It's definitely still super connected and canon really matters with Star Wars. Um, but today, today, there is no denying that the MCU is more popular than Star Wars. There's no denying that. Um... 
We actually have some uh, details. This is coming to us from uh, Diego Andaluz on Twitter. Uh, so he says, This Zhao slash Feige Star Wars announcement was one of the things I was teasing while back. Most of the details are still under wraps, but Zhao and Feige's film, written by Loki's Michael Waldron, will be set before any other film in the Star Wars universe. I think... After seeing Eternals, this is probably a movie about the creation of the Jedi. I don't know. I'm just going off that. Like, I'm, (laughs) I'm just saying like, this might be, this might be a movie about the creation of the Jedi, you know, I don't know how, how I feel about that. I, I really don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's just a rumor. It's in no way confirmed. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but that would be, that would be cool. I think that would be cool. So looking at, uh, this site right here, LRM online. Uh, this is an article saying, it's just saying, like, what are we getting first? Are we getting an older public movie or a higher public movie first? What's happening? Uh, and I don't know this site very well. It's uh, it's not one of the big trades like The Hollywood Reporter or Variety or Deadline. So take this with a much smaller grain of salt. So I have sources I trust on the older public is next era, is the next era. With other sources I trust saying higher public era. I've heard about older public projects for a while. And know they're also working on a TV series of some sort for Disney+. Plus. So part of me is leaning toward that being the likeliest choice. Um, I, again, t- t- take this w- with a grain of salt. We'll see what they say on Disney Plus Day and then at D23 night next weekend. So we'll see what they say there. Um, no one's like, because I-, I think that some of these movies are going to be announced uh, then, or they'll at least give some updates, because, I mean, Rogue Squadron is still slated for December 22nd, 2023, it's still slated for then, but it's just something that will absolutely be pushed back, and they have to make that announcement now, because the next Star Wars movie is two years away, it's two years away, so... Yeah, uh, let's just check one last little bit of news. Oh, we we have a uh, we have a report actually for Star Wars Battlefront. Um, so we know that uh, so basically, Battlefront Three is not happening. Battlefront Three is not happening. I didn't think it was, but you know, it it's different every week. <laughs> Stuff I said a few months back. It's just this movie, this game, this uh, this mythical Star Wars Battlefront Three. It's always just like this week it's happening, that week it's not happening. You know, it's just something that's always changing, and I I never put that much stock into it. 
Uh, I think for Star Wars games, we know that that are coming. I think we're, we're getting an announcement next month, right? Yeah, I I'm really not as up to date on on what games are coming. It's like I, I know what's been announced, and what's he- heavily rumored for uh, movies and for Disney Plus. That's what I really know. So the video games, I know that Fall Order Two is happening, and I know that Ubisoft's working on a game. Oh, and of course you have the uh, the Knights of the Old Republic remake, and that's pretty much it. Which I think we do know is like shot for shot, just updating the graphics, all that. I don't know if they're gonna update it for canon or anything. But let's now get into the main part of the show this week, where I'm continuing my look back. And all the Star Wars films, and we've reached the we've reached the Disney era. We've reached the Disney era. We're talking about the Force Awakens. I've talked about this movie a lot on the podcast. I never reviewed it. We we did a commentary about two years ago. But we, I, I never reviewed it. And for me. A big part of why I, I love The Force Awakens is I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old. It was six years ago. Six years ago. And I remember just sitting in the theater. That was an IMAX 3D screening on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. at the AMC Quarry in the uh, suburbs of Chicago. Just sitting in that theater. Lights went down, you know. The Lucasfilm logo flashed across the screen. Saw a long time going to a galaxy far, far away. And then the music started. And then I truly just saw something I never thought I would ever see. I, I, I never thought that I would see a Star War, the Star Wars font saying anything other than the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And here it was saying Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And it... Seeing that movie for the first time... If... If... I were to look back right now... And point to one event that's changed my life it was the force awakens because the force awakens is what made me want to go into film the force awakens is is what's inspired me to become a filmmaker you know and i'm in pre-production on my first movie right now you know it's gonna be a short film it's gonna be out sometime in march i'm thinking but you know, it's just, there are other big moments in my life that have happened, but with what's happened what I, and what my goals are, The Force Awakens is the biggest pillar of that. This movie that means so much to me, means so much to me. I remember the hype, the hype around this movie. A year before that, I was in third grade. And it was like the day after Thanksgiving or something. 
and the first trailer comes out. I can remember exactly where I was the first time I saw all three trailers for The Force Awakens. And I can remember exactly what happened. I don't think I can see that out all the Star Wars trailers. But The Force Awakens, absolutely. Absolutely The Force Awakens. So, this is going to be a biased review. This is going to be a biased review. Because I, I just love this movie so much. I see the flaws in it. I see the flaws in it. But really, like, could you have a Star Wars movie other than what had come before after the prequels? And, and, and I love the prequels. I love the prequels. But could you really... But after the fan backlash there, and it was just like... Nothing I, I'm repeating again. I haven't said, said, said this in a while, but... The Force Awakens comes out. Everyone's like, it's exactly the same. We want something different. The Last Jedi comes out. It's like, we, it's too different. I want something that's more the same. The, the Rise of Skywalker comes out. And I think The Rise of Skywalker is a healthy dose. The Rise of Skywalker just, like, really just dips its toe in, though. It doesn't really, like, make a choice. You know, it. The, the Rise of Skywalker is a movie that just sits on the steps of the pool the whole time. If the pool is, like, the same Star Wars and Last Jedi... Again, the pool is the same Star Wars. The Force Awakens is fully in, in, immersed in that. The Last Jedi is just not going in and sitting up on the beach. Or on, on a lawn chair. The Rise of Skywalker is just, like, sitting on the steps, you know. But we're not here to talk about those two movies. We're here to talk about The Force Awakens. So... It's it, this is a movie that you know a lot like A New Hope is really hard for me to give a and like all these movies it's really hard for me to give an actual review of just because of how special it is to me. So and, and there's not a single scene in here that I dislike. There's not a single scene in this movie I dislike. It's just a lot of things. I, I watched this movie the other day and I was in tears several times just because I remember being so excited. So, so excited. Um, I remember there was uh, like someone's grandma, I think. I, I, I was sitting next to the first time I saw it. Six years ago, I remember this. I remember this from six years ago. And... It's the scene where Finn and Rey are running through the desert. And Finn's like, we cannot run them. And Rey goes, we might. And that quad jumper. Um, and then, you know, Finn goes, what about that ship? That one's garbage. The garbage will do. And then I remember the, old the, the, the older woman just sitting next to me. She, she just starts laughing or something. And then pans over the, the millennium fucking. She goes, oh my God. And she's like, that was such a, 
moment that I still remember. It goes through my head every time I see that scene. And... I'm really surprised I can still watch this movie and enjoy it. Because the movie is just such a great setup. It's such an incredible setup for what's coming next. And knowing what comes next, I watch this movie and, I st- and I'm still filled with a sense of hope and wonder. I'm filled with a sense of hope and wonder about all the mysteries this movie leaves behind. The only thing, the only thing that I would change about The Force Awakens is just a little editing thing. I think I've talked about this before. In When Starkiller's Crumbling, when Starkiller's Crumbling, you have a, and, and the Snoke hologram is flickering and we realize it's a hologram. Actually, I think we, we, we already knew it was a hologram. But it's flickering, and then we just see, for a split second, the image of Palpatine. And it sets that, that up. There we go. You know? Just set it up right there. So, yeah. That's truly the only thing I would... Ch- uh, you know, as much as I love this movie... I think the most disappointing thing about it is that we never got to see Han, Luke, and Leia reunite. You know? And that's just fan expectation. That's just fan expectation. We can't let our wants as fans determine the quality of a film. We we cannot let, let that happen. But, you know, it's... It's just... I, I, in my opinion, am a missed opportunity of the sequel trilogy as a whole. And the idea of just, like, Luke being off on his own, something that's really exciting. Now, and we'll talk more about this in two weeks when we talk about The Last Jedi. So I, I'm going to just leave that there. Um, and this is going to be a, sh- a shorter podcast because I know that there are going to be a lot of podcasts I got to do this weekend. So... That's me about it. That's me about it, guys. I really love this film so incredibly much. I think the humor works great. The chemistry that we see between uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega is incredible. They have such great chemistry. They have great chemistry. Um, something I, I really miss in The Last Jedi. Something I really miss in The Last Jedi is just not having those two together. I think Oscar Isaac is so incredibly underused. He's so underused here. Um, Harrison Ford gives a really good performance. Carrie Fisher, man, seeing Carrie come on the screen again. I I did tear up a bit. Just because, you know, of course, I never met her, but the stories I've heard about her, she was such a, a warm light. So... You just think about it now. I'm gonna cry just because I, I know how much. K- 
Carey loved the fans, so yeah. R- rest in, in peace, Carey. We we miss you. So that is gonna do it for the. And you know, it was funny because this movie was in development for so long. So so many rumors about it. You know, uh, George Lucas. No, not George. Like George, I, th- I think put the sequels in, into development. Knowing that putting three films in development would then raise the price for Disney. Because he wanted the same deal that Pixar and, and Marvel got. So, he put the sequels in development. And it was really interesting because, like... To get the original three to return, Mark, Carrie, and Harrison... Like, I remember Mark being like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. Like, If... If Carrie and Harrison sign on, then I'll sign on. And he knew that that Carrie probably would, but Harrison wouldn't. And Carrie, I I think it was Carrie who immediately said yes to returning. And then Mark was so surprised that Harrison signed on to to come back to the role. So he's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and I'll just say this. I'll just say this. On Disney Plus, guys, you got that documentary, uh, D- Disney Gallery for the Mandalorian. Season 2, Episode 2, uh, making the Season 2 finale. The energy that Mark has, that you can see that Mark had when shooting his one scene in the Mandalorian, uh, Chapter 16, The Rescue. You can just see how much he loved it. And that's something I don't ever really feel I got the sense of with Mark and his um, his interviews that he did for the sequels. So, yeah. Um, actually, one of the other piece of news I didn't talk about at the top of the show was, uh, well, right now there are 13 MCU films streaming on Disney Plus in IMAX. Because Disney Plus and IMAX have made a new deal they can stream movies in the expanded aspect ratio. So I was looking, you know, like, what's, what does that mean for Star Wars? There are some Star Wars movies that could be streamed in IMAX on, on Disney+. Plus, Not on November 12th, I don't think. Again, I'm recording this two days early. That could be a surprise that they do. But the, the two Star Wars movies that were shot partially in IMAX were The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. The Force Awakens, it was the five-minute... Uh, Millennium Falcon chase on Jakku. So there's that. That's the only IMAX thing there. And then for The Last Jedi, it's, I believe, like 40 minutes of the movie in IMAX. So a good chunk of the movie's in IMAX for The Last Jedi. Uh, but I'm really ho- hoping these next few movies are shot in IMAX, you know, so we can really get that expanded aspect ratio. So, yeah, but that's going to be it, guys. That's going to be it. Uh, right now on Disney Plus, you got the Boba Fett documentary. We got the uh, we got some new trailers. Kenobi trailer, hopefully, ho- hopefully a Kenobi trailer today. So yeah, but that's gonna do it for this podcast. Thank you so so much for listening. I'm Drew Gretch. Go follow me on Twitter at Tuscan Radio Pod. We're gonna have podcasts all weekend, guys. It's Disney Plus Day. We've got a lot of stuff coming out. Um, I'm only gonna do podcasts for the stuff with that's more that's with like a good amount of footage. Like I'm not like I'm probably not gonna do a podcast for the Mandalorian behind the scenes if if that's the thing that we get. 
if we do get a sneak peek at the Mandalorian season three, unless there's like a good amount of new finished footage, which I don't think there is. So that's going to do it guys. Thank you so, so much for listening and may the force be with you always.